You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, we want to thank you all for being here. Welcome to Getting in the Word. Today we have Pastor Gideon with us, and uh, it's always a privilege to have him on the program, and uh, we're glad you can join us. And, uh, Pastor Gideon will be preaching from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6, and I know it'll be a great message, as it always is. So um, let me open us in prayer, and then we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for this day, the privilege of hearing from Pastor Gideon. Lord, we pray for all that's happening in this world. We pray for grace. We pray for mercy, and we trust in your sovereign will. And God, yet in the midst of evil, there is uh, you are a good God. And so help us to uh, deal biblically with our circumstances for which we face these days. And may we honor you uh, through the teaching and preaching of your word. And may you be with Gideon today. Give him the words to speak. And may our, uh, give us eyes to see and ears to hear for your glory. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, Gideon, uh, welcome again. Uh, we, we thank you for being on the program, and uh, you're free to, to take off. So, Thank you, Pastor. Um, again, we are reading from Ephesians chapter number 1. We're looking at verses 3 to verse number 6. Actually, we are, we are going to deal with a chunk of scriptures in, in the next few weeks. From verses 3 to verse number 14 is actually one sentence in Greek. And so we'll break it down into three to kind of dip, uh, dive in deep and mine more treasures from his truth. So um, if we just bite big chunks, we want to enjoy, we want to see um, uh, the treasures of God's truth. But we'll break it down. Today we are looking at verses 1 to 6. And then the following week we'll look at verses uh, 7 to 11. And then the other week we'll look at verses number uh, 12 to 14. And so let's read the word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined Ask for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Again, we are looking at this letter by Paul to the church in Ephesus, and he is writing them to encourage them. And he's saying, hey, guys, you, you have been blessed. You have the blessings of the Lord. I should say from the own say that one thing that is dividing churches today is an issue of blessings. Many go to church with the idea that they will go there and get the blessings. And so church has been reduced to a more or less like a spiritual ATM where in Jesus' name you can get your blessings. People do, do change churches because in their understanding they are not being blessed. And so the $1 million question is, how do you describe a blessed person? It is indeed difficult to understand. It's unless 
we dive into scriptures and look at what are these blessings. Now, if we look at scriptures, scriptures are very helpful to show us exactly what is it to be blessed. The word blessed is the word from which comes the word eulogize. When you're giving praise at a funeral, thank you, praising them for their life or the contribution to whatever field or to life itself. So the blessing is a praise. And, and, and so I want us, before we get there, to understand that there's the prosperity gospel comes out as a result of people portraying Christ as someone who dispenses blessings. And people think of material possessions as a blessing. People think of, of, of their status in life, the house they live in, the car they drive, and they call themselves blessing. Let's get into scriptures and look at what does it mean to be blessed. I think if you look at Romans chapter 15, verses num uh, verse number 27, it's, it opens up and it, it clarifies what blessings are. Let me read Romans 15, 27. For they were pleased to do it, to do what? They gave towards the believers. These are, these are Gentile believers, gave money, gave support to Paul to help believers in Jerusalem. And so Paul is writing in Romans 15, 27. For they were pleased to do it, to give. And indeed, they owe it to them. In the, the Gentiles, in giving to the believers in Jerusalem, they owe it to him. Now listen, for, it, for if the Gentiles have come to share in the spiritual blessings, they, owe, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. This, this verse clarifies there are material blessings and there are spiritual blessings. And scriptures are very clear if you read between the lines. It, they differentiate spiritual blessings from material blessings. And so Paul had, had brought these gifts on a missionary journey. And, and he was about to go to Rome and preach the gospel. We know that he writes that in the early part of the book, that I, I'm eager to go and preach where Christ has not been heard. And he is in Jerusalem to deliver this gift. And he's telling the believers who are Jews to say, hey, it is because of you that they share in the spiritual blessing. We know that in Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham, he said the families of the world shall be blessed because of Abraham. And we know when we come to the book, the New Testament, the book of Matthew, it picks on the genealogy, which highlights Jesus as the son of Abraham. Meaning that the blessings that were promised to Abraham are fulfilled through Jesus Christ. So what Paul is talking about that the people, the Gentiles, are, are sharing in the spiritual blessings is talking about salvation. Now, one other helpful passage that helps us to know really what are these blessings is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This is Jesus himself speaking. But seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Look at that verse. There's about seeking the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, which is salvation. The kingdom of God is ruled by Jesus. The righteousness comes in by salvation. 
through grace in Christ. And then you look at the other things are the material things. Now, a lot of Pentecostal, prosperity gospel, prophets out there, they're preaching, seek you first these other things and God will follow you. Or it has become an emblem. It has become a symbol of showing someone that is with God. So the better the car, the more the anointing they see. The, the, the better the house, the more the presence of God. Wrong. The two types of blessings. Spiritual blessings, which is salvation. And material blessings is everything. Your education, your, your car, your drive. Now, let me say this. God is not against material blessings. But material blessings tend to drive a wedge between a believer and his God. Your heart starts growing cold because of materialism. You can be a true believer. The moment you see a new release of a phone, you have sleepless nights. I need to get that phone. You even forget to, pr to pray until you get that phone. Material possessions that make our hearts grow cold towards God. It is not wrong to have material blessings, but it's how you look at your material blessings. So as we're looking at spiritual blessings, which is in the passage, we need to remember the material possessions that we have. They can be a blessing, but they can cause us grow cold in the Lord. Poverty is not a blessing. But at times, poverty can be a blessing. Material possession can cause your heart being sensitive to the things of God. Many times when everything is in place, less becomes our prayer time. We feel we don't need God. For many, because of the material, material uh, uh, thing, desire for material things, their hearts have grown cold towards prayer towards the things of God. But this passage we're dealing with this morning, it is talking about spiritual blessings. I need to really emphasize that when we look at church history, when we look at the landscape of Christianity, many, many churches today are emphasizing material things, material blessings, and they equate that to the presence of God. You can have everything that the world provides and still be spiritually poor. Yet it is also possible to be very poor materialized and also be poor spiritually. It is very possible to have nothing materially and very rich spiritually. I need to say this, that today material position that the, the worth and health gospel, the prosperity gospel, the roots of that false teaching, it's not even a gospel, comes as a result of pushing for material blessings on the expense of the spiritual blessings. We have looked at the, at the verse number uh, 33 in Matthew, Jesus speaking, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything shall be added unto you. Many are preaching today, seek many things. And somehow that will be an indicator that you have got God in your life. You can, have, you can have anything that the world offers to you. But these words, they, they remind me the danger of that. You can have everything the world throws to you and forfeit your life at the end of times. 
what has it gained you? In our passage, this is verses one, verses three to, 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 to six of Ephesians chapter one, we see five elements of spiritual blessings that will help you to know how rich you are in Christ Jesus. Number one, we see the source of spiritual blessings in verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The spiritual blessings, that is the, the blessing of salvation, reconciliation of a sinner to God, the source is God the Father. That's why nowhere out there you find any other source but God himself. He is the author of our salvation. He is the one in his wisdom, in his sovereignty, decided to reach out to the sinner who was on his way to destruction for eternity. For the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible says, fear him who, don't fear him who just destroys the body, but fear him who takes your soul and throws it in the lake of fire for eternity. That's the one you fear. That's the one who came up with a formula for salvation, for spiritual blessing. So God is the author of our salvation. And we need to know this. And that's why it is important. There are people who are experiencing material possessions without God. They are not blessed. The true man who's blessed is, he first of all has spiritual blessings. His sins are forgiven. He's become born again. He's a child of God. Yes, you may not have a name. You may not, you may not have what it takes in the world. But when you have these spiritual blessings from God, Look, the difference between Christianity and other religions is that in Christianity, God is the source. He reveals himself through scriptures, through his son. Salvation comes from the Father. There's no any other source. Not your church, the church leader. Not, not, not whatever thing you can think about would be the source of a spiritual blessing. So verse number three, we see that God, the Father. Actually, when you look at this passage from verse number three to verse number five, it's amazing that verses number three to six are talking about the Father. And when you start to look at verse number seven to verse number 11, you look at God, the Son. And when you look at verses number 12 to 14, you look at the God, the Spirit. In the, the members of, 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 of the Godhead are involved in the blessings of believers. As believers, we believe in a triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here we see how they work. And today we are dealing with a section that is talking about the Father as the source of the blessings of believers. There, there are people out there that do not believe in the Trinity. They cannot claim to be Christian because the Bible teaches of Christ. And those who have put their trust in Christ believe in a triune God. From Genesis to Revelation, 
the teaching of the God that is in scriptures is a God who is one with three members. And so we see in the economy of God that the source of the blessing, the source of our salvation is from God. In his wisdom, he planned, he hushed, he brought into being a plan of salvation, which is the spiritual blessing. And Paul, in writing that sentence, that's verse number three, says, Blessed be the God and Father. To be He's first of all honoring God. Any person who's a true believer, when he thinks about salvation, you, you, you can't help it but to thank God in many ways. Can you imagine a sinner? with it to die for, for eternity in the, in, in the lake of fire, and by the grace of God, God reaches out to you. How can you stop to bless the Lord? How can you stop to praise God? We worship God because of who he is, but we praise him because of the spirit of blessing. That's why Paul is starting that section. He says, blessed be the Father. Praise be to God. A genuine believer cannot stop praising God for his salvation, for salvation of other people. I don't know you. I was born in a family of five people. Three sisters and two, bro and two brothers. My brother is late. He received Jesus Christ. We come from a village of many people. But not all in our village know Christ. The thought that God could save me, I don't deserve anything. To him, I give all the praise. I contributed nothing apart from my sin. What manner of life? A sinner like me, from Africa. From one of the smallest countries in Africa. Dad was not educated. We, I'm not. I, I come from a background of, of someone who's poor. My father was was just a carpenter. The biggest, I mean, the most expensive asset my father owned was a bicycle, and 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 a farm of of tobacco. He was growing tobacco at one place at one time. Why me? How how could God reach out to me? All I can do, my response is praise the name of God. That's why when we meet to worship, we need to praise him in songs. We need to praise him in, 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 in prayer. Why? Because he is the source of our salvation. Not the head of the church. And no, no true church can be headed by, by a human being. Jesus is the head of the church. And it is the father who gives the saved ones to the son. The father is the source of our salvation. He's the source of a spiritual blessing. So we've seen element number one about the spiritual blessings. They, they, they come out of the Father's hand. Number two, in verse number three B, but also it is highlighted in verse number five B, the, the blessings come through Jesus Christ. In verse number three, we see, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing. 
every spiritual blessing pertaining to be reconciled to God comes through Jesus Christ, by faith and by grace, through the work, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we've received these blessings. And so people run around looking for the so-called man of God, a preacher that should bless them. All blessings come to men through Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 5b. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons. He includes daughters there. Through Jesus Christ. Because there's no any other name that has been given that men in heaven and on earth can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. There's no salvation outside the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. If you do not know Christ, you cannot claim spiritual blessings. You are separated from God. You are an enemy of God, worth the throwing into eternal fire. And you'll be there for eternity. I don't know how many years is eternity. No computer can calculate, calculate that, that length of time. There, in, in, in the lake of fire for eternity, time will stop to exist. Because time, time is in the hands of God. But when we, 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 we transition into eternity, we've been saved. And our salvation has come through nothing else. Not because of our church traditions, not because we follow the law, but because of this Son of God, the Messiah. Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the only conduit, the only channel in which God has given blessings to human, human beings. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you can claim blessings. This, this shocks me when you, you, when you hear this prosperity uh, gospel preachers emphasizing the, the, the blessings of temple blessings and just sprinkling here and there about Jesus Christ, not emphasizing the work, the substitutionary work of Christ through which we have been reconciled to God, through which the whole world has been blessed. Sin element number two there, our blessings, the spiritual blessings come to us, come to believers through Jesus Christ. Number one, we saw that the source of this spiritual blessing, which is salvation, comes, the source is God himself. Let's look at point number three. These blessings, even though we experience them now, they are from eternity past. Look at verse number four. Eh? Even as he chose us in him, in who? In Jesus Christ. God chooses, God chooses believers, or he already chose believers in eternity. Before, before creation, God already on his desk, he knew who was going to be saved. He had already listed men and women throughout the world from different races, from different tribes, from different geographical locations. The names are already on God's desks. He chose us beforehand in Jesus because Jesus is eternal like the Father is eternal. They are one after war. He chose us beforehand. If you look at verse number five, he talks about he predestined. He ordained 
there are some people who are not on the list of God. Not everyone will be saved. Only those who believe will be saved. Those that God has predestined will be given an ability, the grace to respond to the gospel. That's why when we evangelize, we know in the cities and in the places, in the countries where we're reaching out, there are people God has chosen. He's driving us. This is why I like about this teaching. When I'm going to a place to plant a church, I am already aware that God has gone before me because there are names of people that before time he had already put them down. And I'm just going as a servant. God is directing me. It's not Even when I pray for evangelism, I know that God is directing me to meet his, his predestined plan for those who he has already listed in that city. What a glorious teaching. I don't need to beg God for souls. I need to respond to the call to go and make disciples, to be witnesses in my city, to be witnesses in the outer side of the city, in my country, beyond my country, to be a witness because out there, there are people on God's who are on God's list. They are going to be saved. They are not yet saved. Think about it in the city where you live in, in, in the residential area where you live in, in the county where you live in. There are people who have not heard the gospel, and God has them on his list. He, that list was formulated a long time ago. They're, they're on the list of people who are going to receive the spiritual blessings. You know, people think like when God created and Adam and Eve committed sin, God said, oops, oh, we made a mistake. Let's sit down and, and plan for us. Beforehand, even when sin was committed, God had already a list of everyone in the world from, it, from the beginning of the world to the end. All the names had already been on the desk. Why am I saying that? Because our God is an all-knowing God. You and me are limited to information. We don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what is behind your house. You don't know what is underneath your car. But God is all-knowing. He sees the beginning to the end. He's able to know the names of people who wish to the gospel. And these people he has chosen through his son, Jesus Christ. And it is through him that these blessings are accomplished in us. I'm just wondering, I'm thinking of this. Are you a believer as you hear me this morning? If you're feeling something in your, in your heart, maybe, maybe, Grace is at work. Maybe you're on the list because a non-believer cannot respond to the gospel. Let this encourage us uh, when, when, when we're doing evangelism, when we're going to plant churches, we need to celebrate beforehand because there are people in there, in that city. There are people in that, in that loca location that, that are going to respond because God knows them already. This, this just motivates me when I'm praying for evangelism. I need not to fear. I don't know how they're going to respond to the gospel. All I do is to present it at the doorstep of their hearts. And if they were chosen, predestined long time ago, they will respond. Even as he chose us, believers, in him who, Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world. Outside eternity, time has got a beginning. 
eternity has got no beginning. God exists outside time. And outside time before creation, our names were already written. Are you saying, Pastor, how do I know? Because your God, the God you believe in, is all-knowing. He knows every detail. He, Jesus spoke about in Luke chapter 12. The hairs of your head are, are counted. Think about it. The, Jesus is emphasizing the point that God is so detailed. He knows how to spell your name very well because he wrote it down before creation. So when a believer comes and celebrates, uh, comes and knows Jesus Christ, he confesses his sins, God knows. So these celebration, uh, these blessings, they come from God and come through Jesus Christ. And the recipients of these blessings, spiritual blessings, their names were written long time ago, before eternity, before the foundation of the world. Now, it leads us to point number four. What was the goal of these blessings? Not that you should have a good house. That's material blessings. Even an unbeliever can have a better house, but he's not going to heaven. Maybe you're enjoying life right now without Christ. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You're enjoying material blessings, but you don't have the spiritual blessing. You do not know God. You're an enemy of God. You are so poor spiritually. Maybe you're listening to me this morning. You don't have cash. When you look at your bank account, it, it just brings in emotions of hopelessness and anxiety. But yet if you have Jesus Christ, remember this. He is the source of our spiritual blessings. So let's look at number four. Point number four about these blessings. The goal of these spiritual blessings. In verse number four B. The reason God chose us, the, the reason God has given these blessings is not to enjoy the, the prosperity gospel preachers. Their gospel objective is centered on man. The true gospel of the Bible is centered at God transforming people, becoming like him, becoming like his son. Look at verse number four. B. It says that we should be holy and blameless before him. Sin corrupted man. Sin affected man's well-being. We all are born sinners. For the Bible says in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one can say, well, I come from this part of the world. None of us is sinful. Or I come from this family. We are well-mannered people. Uh, we, 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 we don't we, 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 we are not deprived. We, we're not sinners. That's not true. The Bible says, oh, you, me, anyone who's hearing from me, anyone born of a woman, they're born sinners. That's why when, when, when kids are growing, no parent teaches his kids how to sin. The sinful nature in them starts bearing fruit. In this part of the world, we grow purpose. And so this is a very common fruit in the villages. Almost every house has got a popo tree behind. What happens is that once they eat popo and they throw them in a, well, we don't use the, uh, we don't have a system of waste management like you have you guys in America. We, 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 in the backyard is a garden, so you throw these seeds, so you end up having popo trees all over the place. 
and are right now popos in this season. And so there are times you find a popo tree that bears no fruit. And you find so many popo trees with fruit. And in, in, our, in our traditional where people say, well, the popo tree that does not bear fruit is a male popo. It's, it's a way of explaining that there are certain popo trees do not bear fruits. There are some people who are so good morally that you can you can see any trace of wrongdoing. It does not exempt you from this depravity. You are still a sinner. A pop does a popo tree does not stop being a popo tree because it doesn't bear fruit. It remains a popo tree. You may be saying, "I don't, I don't, I don't drink. I don't take drugs, or I don't kill." Yes, but you are born a sinner. The only problem is the, the thing about you is there are no fruit of sin out of you, but you are sinful. You need a savior. When you receive these spiritual blessings, the goal is that we, we may become holy as the Father is holy. Without holiness, we shall not see God. This is one thing we've missed in the church today. We preach a God that is not holy. We preach a God that is man-centered. The God we preach is a holy God. And those that have come into a relationship with him, the end result is God wants to change us, to transform us, to become like his son. The Bible teaches that we shall be like him. There's no fear of God because we have taught a God about a God who's not holy. In Isaiah, when Isaiah saw God's throne, he was done because of the holiness of God. There's no fear of God because we have taught a God who is like an old man. He's not watching. The God we worship is a holy God. And we need to preach the fear of God because he is an awesome God. The end result when he takes sinners through his son, he will cleanse us. And we shall be like him. That's the end result of this blessing. It's not about having cars. That's material blessings. You can have cars and end up in hell. You can be a professor in a college and end up in hell. You can be a scientist that discover a, a drug for whatever epidemic and become famous. You can be a computer guru and still be poor and end up in hell. But when you receive the spiritual blessings, when God is done with you through his son, you will become holy and bless him uh, and blameless before him. That's, that's the whole process of Christianity. When we are justified, we start the process of sanctification. He's cleansing us. The more we yield to the leading of the Spirit and the, the teaching of the Word, the more we are obedient by the grace of God, the more we become like Jesus Christ. The process of cleansing us. It's like, it's, it's like a miner who goes to the field and digs the dirt and throws it in the, in the machine and water is poured and is seething. And all of a sudden, you start seeing the beauty, the gold, the yellow stuff coming out. Not that as after is not, then they throw it in the refiner's fire. Then the pure God comes out. Think about it. If you were a piece of God in the field where God found you stuck in your sin and God starts processing you, the day you will be presented, you'll be sparkling in the presence of God. That's the process. The blessing is not about you buying a car. The blessing, the blessings is not about you becoming the chief, chief executive officer of, of, your, of your organization. The, 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 the the, the, the objective is not for you to marry a beautiful woman. Well, 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 that's a material blessing. But the most important thing, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
the beautiful woman will be added to you. Let's not turn these things around. Many, many gospel preachers claiming to be gospel, they start the opposite way. They start teaching and preaching that people should get the material blessings. A rich man with everything in the world, think of one, without God, he's not blessed. He will end up in hell. Let's look at the last point. How do we get these spiritual blessings? Verse number five. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will. Now, we need to understand this. We touched this now on the will of God last week. We need to understand God is not just randomly doing things. God has got a plan. God is up to something. Being a holy God, he's got a will. He's got a starting point. He will finish his work. And being God, no one will stop him. No one can stand in the way of God, in the way of the will of God. First of all, there's my personal will of God. And then there's the church, the will of God in the world. We need to understand this. I remember when I was in college um, studying theology, first my, my doing my undergraduate studies, I had a classmate who said to me, hey, brother, you know what? When you look at the wars in Africa, I remember that time there was a hunger crisis in Ethiopia. You could see these agri pictures of kids that are starving, flies all over. And he said, brother, do you think as Christians we are winning this battle? The wars, the tribal wars in Africa, the corruption among our politicians. And this brother said to me, you know what, Gideon? I think as, a Christians, as Christians, we're losing this war. I said, brother, it can get as dark as, as it can. But God has his will. And God will do and accomplish his will. Nothing, no one, no king, no politician, no government will stand, no political party will stand in the way of the will of God. God will fulfill his will. It's like this powerful train coming. You better run away. God in his sovereignty, no one will stop his hand. He will adopt his people. So how do we get into this, that we get these blessings? It's talking about adoption. And I want you to think about street kids in Africa. They, they, they're almost like scavengers, you know. They, they're looking at where the dumping stuff, looking for, to survive, looking for food. And picture this. Then a rich man comes, isolates you from your, your bunch of kids that are street kids. Dirty as you are. He tells you, get in the car. You feel like you're in a dream when you look at this expensive car that is inviting you in. You're shaking, you're not sure, you're doubting, your mind is tossing what's going on. What's this man, man looking for? He says, with a smile, he says, get into the car. You're going home. And you get at his house, in a mansion. He tells his servants, can you give him a bath? Clean him up and give him new clothes. He tells that little boy, he says, hey, what was your name when you were when plowing in the streets of the city? He says, your name will not be the same. Your name is changed. 
he gives him the sick the name he says you will be called you'll be called using my last name you're part of my family you're my kid i remember vividly when i we adopted our son jonathan he was abandoned by a mother when he was 10 days he was two days old we have we adopted him when he was 10 days i remember after 18 months we went to before a judge in a court there was a lawyer who was representing me this judge she was a lady she asked me questions and i will never forget one of the questions he asked me hey pastor manda you're adopting jonathan do you promise the day before the court of law that the inheritance that his brother is entitled to becomes his inheritance as well as your son that jonathan would take your name and be called amanda because of of the adoption process and the judge signed for that letter from that day today jonathan is my son he's amanda because i'm gideon manda he's become gideon manda the process in which god gives us these blessings he finds us stuck in sin he reaches out to us by amazing grace we were blind and uh, and stuck in sin all of a sudden some some things are making sense as you hear the gospel and and the and, and the same grace starts make you to wake up the bible says we are dead in sin a dead man cannot respond to any stimulus think of a monk one of the dead bodies this guy used to love coffee if you take a cup of coffee smelling nicely bring it to him as a dead man he will not respond unless a miracle takes place these blessings are received miraculously a sinner who's dead in sin all of a sudden the blindness is taken away all of a sudden your heart starts fearing the consequences of sin all of a sudden the spirit of god gives the ability to respond and god beckons you says from today you become my son and the inheritance of jesus christ becomes yours too and jesus becomes our brother that is the spiritual blessing not a car not a big house but a response to the gospel call by the grace of god then a sinner accepts the death of jesus christ on the cross then a sinner says yes i no longer want to live this life i want you to be the lord and savior of my life that's the spiritual blessing we've gotten. And he says in verse number 3b, these spiritual blessings are in heavenly places. We know that God's throne is in heaven. In other words, the whole of his throne room, the whole of his presence acknowledges of this blessing. All those that are the, the, the beings that are around his throne, they acknowledge this. That's why when you read the book of, of Luke, when he talks about when sinner turns to God, there's joy. There are places, even we hear that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. In other words, places is all the beings that are there. They know about us blessings. As I close, I want to ask you a question. Have you experienced the blessing? Yes, you have what it takes. You're, you're, you're professionally doing fine. Family-wise, you're doing fine. But have you received the spiritual blessings? These spiritual blessings that we've seen from this passage, they are from God. He's the source. We've also seen that they only come through Jesus Christ. We also saw that this was not an accident. This happened before time in verse number 4a. 
and the goal of these spiritual blessings is not to make you rich, enjoy life, partying, travel all over the world. What will, be, what will it benefit you if you don't have the spiritual blessings? Finally, we've seen we get spiritual blessings through adoption. Are you adopted in the family? You can come from different backgrounds, but when the same parent adopts you, you become family. Whether you like Malawians or not, if you are born again, you are my brother, you are my sister, because we have been adopted by the same parent. We are flying the same name. My question this morning is, are you part of the family? May the Lord bless you, even as you ponder over this truth. In Jesus' name, thank you. Well, thank you, Gideon. What a powerful message, a powerful reminder, uh, the blessing, um, spiritual blessings, what they really are and what they're really not. And uh, just such a great uh, testimonial sermon uh, and a powerful message to remind us of, of God's goodness and God's grace on our lives and the, and the work even before the foundations of the world. And it should, uh, like you said, encourage us as Christians to go and to proclaim trusting in God's work and God's hand in uh, salvation. So, yes, thank you, Pastor Gideon, for being here. And we want to open up the floor for those who would like to respond. So we can go ahead and unlock the chat. Uh, thank you, Gideon. And, uh, if we can just one at a time, uh, maybe something that encouraged you, something that challenged you, or you just have a comment you want to make. Uh, to Pastor Gideon. You're free to chat just one at a time, please.